Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you all here. We have exactly the perfect amount of people today. We weren't sure whether we were going to have 200 people or 50 people, so we have exactly the right number. Perfect. Thank you all for coming today for this ceremony of ordination in the Zen school. As far as we know from anthropological, archaeological, historical notes, since the beginning of human civilization, there have always been people who specialized in the spiritual dimension. And sometimes that relationship, depending upon how they regarded the divine, had different functions. But there have always been people in every single culture who were devoted to the spiritual dimension. And the spiritual dimension sometimes means that which is hidden. Because most of what is going on right now is hidden from us. You know, we, we have these interesting things, but the whole genesis of it, everything that's connected with it, everything that surrounds it, everything that leads into it is all hidden. And yet, here it is. So from earliest time, there have been people who have devoted themselves to that mystery. And that mystery of relationship between a community, an individual, and the world, and that which transcends the world. This ceremony is a ceremony of generosity. It's a ceremony of taking a step that says publicly, my life, the center of my life, is no longer I, me, my, I, me, my, what will I get, what will I do, where will I go, but it would, rather it begins to turn the center of our life to the benefit and helping others. To turn the life from a life of um, how do I build my particular life into how do I support everyone. And that is really a wonderful thing to actually have people who are willing to step forward and in front of witnesses, in front of the community, <clears throat> to say, I'm, I'm changing the emphasis of my life. I'm changing the direction of my life. And what happens is, if we're aiming an arrow or a gun or something at a target, and we move it just two degrees, the outcome is very different. And so, in a way, this ceremony is moving that two, maybe three, maybe ten degrees, and the outcome is very different. In this particular tradition, we all have the same fundamental aspiration. I think all human beings do. The aspiration to be liberated, the aspiration to find freedom, the aspiration for meaning, the aspiration to know what is true, to the aspiration for love and for kindness that's found in our hearts. And hopefully we can begin to see that and and express that in the world. And I hope, I'm confident, that each person in the room has chosen what they feel is the very best and most skillful way to 
achieve their ends, to work in alignment with their heart's desire, their aspiration. This particular ceremony is about people who make a choice to pursue their heart's aspiration, to make a choice to pursue the deep calling of the heart in this manner, the manner of community, the matter of ongoing practice, the matter of constant investigation into the nature of things, the matter of constantly supporting others. Because our own happiness is so fleeting that it really is not so important. But when we have turned our life in a different way through the power of generosity and intention so that everybody benefits, then we, of course, grow as well. Ceremony of generosity. A ceremony of intention. A ceremony of clarity. Because this is not something that people just come forward and say, ordain me, and we say, yeah, that's great, come. You know? There, there is no benefit from this vantage point in trying to cult, cultivate agreement. You know, we get enough people to agree with us, we think our, we're right. That isn't the way it, it works. You know? But rather, it's a matter of discernment. Looking carefully, what really is important? What really is important? What, what is happening in your heart? And so, you know, I'm delighted when people step forward and say the, the, the path of practice, the path of generosity is... Um, a path I wish to walk. But it has to come from the inside. There's no, we don't try to coerce or garner or, or um, manipulate people into doing something like this so that we'll all feel better because people agree with us. So the ceremony is a ceremony of genuineness, a ceremony of integrity, a ceremony of of, again, the heart's aspiration. And you'll see there are several, several parts of the ceremony. One part that we have in every single Buddhist ceremony is acknowledgement that we've been unskillful in our lives. And guess what? We all get to join in that part of the ceremony. <clears throat> because everybody is unskillful. Sometimes we're unskillful in terms of intention. Sometimes we're unskillful in terms of outcome. But, you know... One of the common denominators of all of us human beings is we make mistakes. So we have part of the ceremony, it just says, yeah, I am a, a human being who has made mistakes and I will do my best to look at that, to acknowledge that, to set my intention to not keep doing the same old mistaken habits over and over and over again. We'll make new ones, but... The old ones we have some, some little hope of cleaning up. <laughs> then there's a part of the ceremony uh, where we take refuges and the three pure precepts and the ten grave precepts. Now, in the Buddhist time, uh, his basic ordination was come forth, take refuge in the wisdom and teachings of the Dharma. Take refuge in the one bright mind and the exemplar of the Buddha. Take refuge in the community of practitioners that are walking the path. 
and people began taking refuge with the Buddha. And that tradition has continued in an unbroken line for 2,500 years. That the Buddha's disciples uh, took refuge and said, I will walk this path of practice. I will take refuge in, in the compassion, in wisdom, in helping others. And then they had disciples who stepped forward. And they had disciples who stepped forward. And they had disciples who stepped forward. So the Buddhist um, Sangha is probably the longest lived institution in the human realm. Continuous, unbroken, from this moment all the way back to the time of the Buddha. And of course, that's true for all of us. Just think about how many couples had to come together at exactly the right time over the last 300,000 years for us to be here right now. A whole lot of people. <laughs> and they managed to do it exactly the right time. <laughs> Perfect for us to be here. <clears throat> well, the Buddha Sangha is the same way. Exactly the right time, exactly the right time. People stepped forward and said, I want to devote my life to compassion, to helping others, to seeing the nature of mind. 2,500 years. And so part of this ceremony is stepping in to that lineage, stepping in to that tradition. It's not something that we made up. It's not something that just occurred to us, but we're following that thread. Now that thread is also a thread of practice. In some traditions, you know, people who, who become priests, they fulfill all the, the, the ritual parts of the priesthood, being present for being a witness for our births and deaths and marriages and those transition points in our lives. In some traditions, that role of a priest is kind of an intermediary uh, between the divine and humans. But that's not the case in Buddhism at all. In Buddhism, it's we're all walking the path. And some people say, okay, I would like to walk this path 24-7 as best I am able and one of the ways I can walk this path 24-7 is by devoting myself to supporting others. So, so that when I am teaching what I'm saying in my own mouth, I have to live. So one of the burdens, the terrible tragedy of becoming a teacher, is you have to live up to your own words. <laughs> Otherwise, you're lying. So we step into this path, a path of integrity, and we begin to practice the Dharma. We begin to unfold the, the wisdom and the kindness of our hearts. We begin to share the Dharma, and as we share the Dharma, we have to walk the path. And as we share the Dharma and walk the path, then we find that that is the fuel to continue. The bodhisattva vow that we take in this tradition, in the Zen Buddhist tradition, is beings are numberless, I vow to free them. I vow to free them all. And in, from a relative, ordinary perspective, it's an impossible vow. I mean, there's, you know, eight billion people or so, and they keep changing all the time, and they keep coming in and going out. But from a deeper place, there is one bright jewel, one bright mind. And as we clarify that mind that sees the world, that mind that knows the world, that mind that actually creates the whole world, the whole world 
is clarified and brightened. How we see the world from our vantage point is no way how the world is. And so someone who, can, who has the ability and begins to cultivate and has the aspiration to see the world as a jewel, to see the world with an eye that can take in all of the exciting and interesting and disturbing things of the world and see the whole and see the bright, shining connection of the whole and can look at people not as broken, can look at people as jewels, as bodhisattvas, as beings on the path, and we're all walking together. So part of this is a ritual from the outside. Part of it is a practice and a growth from the inside. Part of it is functioning. Part of it is being receptive. It's a rich tradition. A rich tradition. So thank you all for witnessing. When we're when we witness something, we make it real in a way. You know, if the tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, there's no tree and no forest and no sound. And it's just sort of maybe vibration at best. Maybe just molecules waving in the air. But as soon as someone hears it, as soon as someone sees it, as soon as someone recognizes it, suddenly it exists. And so, in the same way, your presence here, everyone's presence here, watching this, participating, witnessing, in a way makes it real, makes it um, important, and is one way to, to honor the vows and the commitments that Shokan and Gensei are going to